everybody. Welcome to the SBP podcast, the voice of mobile film. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and you're listening to episode 44. I think this episode of the SBP podcast is going to bring the storyteller inside you to the forefront. Our guest shared his story with the entire world through a captivating and compelling film. C.K. Golding, he lives in Sheffield in the U.K. And so we bring him to you so you can listen to him share how a challenge turned into a film that has inspired many people around the world. How can you grab your phone and share stories as films? Well, this episode will enlighten you. And it's also lots of fun. Also, there is an announcement about the International Mobile Film Festival near the end. And you won't want to miss that. But before we get to CK, I just wanted to share a sincere congratulations to all the filmmakers who won the Global Mobile Film Awards, which were announced online on Monday night, December 10th. A special shout out to the filmmakers behind each of the best of the best films shot with smartphones around the world. Ivan Sosnin in Russia for Best Film. Calum Pritchard in Australia for Best Director, Brian Hennings also in Australia for Best Cinematography, Blake Worrell in Los Angeles for Best Visual Effects, and Ren Thackham in Australia for Best Comedy, and Matteo Di Biletti in Italy for Best Experimental Film. You can go and watch the award ceremony on www.globalmobilefilmawards.com. And now, let's go have some fun and talk with CK. Welcome to the SBP podcast. Hello. I'm excellent, thank you. I um it's it's pretty hot in the house I'm in right now, so um nobody needs to know that, but I've shared the information regardless. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I'm, you I'm do. Not, I'm I'm not I'm not great with heat. Um I, here's a question for you Susie. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? And this is one for the listeners as well. I would rather be hot than 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 cold because being uh, being very cold. I've been very cold and chilled before to the point to where you almost want to cry. It's depressing. It's a depressing feeling. It's like this dark, depressing kind of feeling to your body to be cold for me. Okay. I'm, I'm completely the opposite guy. I, I would every day plus Sunday rather be too cold. So this is like hell on earth right now, but <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally believe you. And you know, uh, you're in the UK right now. You're in, in what city was it again? Sheffield. Sheffield. Sheffield, UK. And uh, yeah, and I'm in San Diego. And um, I actually, though, I I would say that probably anywhere in the world right now has uh, experienced extreme heat. Unfortunately. Mm, yeah, you and I, we, you and I were talking about this. The seasons, the seasons are barely recognizable here in the UK now. 
as yeah. in as in when they stop and when they start. It's just bizarre. I mean, I remember growing up as a kid to see snow um, in March or April was just so it was like something that it just didn't happen. But now the seasons have just moved back, so we don't see snow till kind of you know March or whatever. It's just bizarre. Well, yeah, and I would say if we keep going like this in about 50 years, there, you know, it will be like a rare sight. I mean, you can't even go, you won't be able to even go to Antarctica and, and, and see what we see today even. True. So. Absolutely. So, uh, but we're not here to talk about snow and heat and hell and uh, freezing. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, most most people just looked on their phone to make sure they were listening to the right podcast. <laughs> After that <laughs> opening, they were like, what am I listening to here? <laughs> yeah, they're going to go away going, look, I want to hear about the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, there, there, there are more podcasts about the Avengers and things like that, at least for me, probably because I'm into... All, all that stuff too although i would never call myself an expert on comics uh okay yeah so okay so uh hey listeners listen so uh because that's what you got to do anyways with the podcast is listen but listen up so we're talking to ck golding and did i pronounce your last name right Ex- exactly okay you did because there are two eyes in golding mm, they are yeah. Hey, why don't you uh, introduce yourself instead of me introducing you? I think you're remarkable uh, in what you do, and it's very related to mobile filmmaking, although that's not something that you express all the time. It just happens to be that you have the phone, and so you use it. But why don't you um, uh, explain, just touch on what brought you here, and then go go back in your history and, and share your story. I would delight in doing so, Susie. So my name is CK. I am a writer and a creator and based in the UK, right now Sheffield. And I, via a remarkable self-imposed adventure I set in 2015, became somewhat fascinated by non-scripted content, but more specifically non-scripted content underpinned by my interactions with strangers. So I never knew in 2015 that I was going to just travel down this road of creating content based around interactions with strangers. I just got a little bit bored. I was at a point in my life and I wanted to have a mini adventure. So I figured out, OK, I'll go and do something in London, which obviously everybody knows is the capital of the UK, um, capital of England, excuse me. And I created a challenge called 100 Musicians, where I took the only thing I took with me to London was a camera, a hundred pounds and a bag of clothes. And my challenge was to equip 100 emerging, exciting new singers, songwriters, bands with their new official promo imagery. Cause I'm a, I'm a pro photographer as well, by the way, that's a bit of a side point. Yeah. So I was going to equip them with new promotional photographs. The hook was they paid me whatever they wanted for the photo shoot. So there was no minimum or maximum ticket price. If they only had five pounds, they paid me five pounds and they got the full shoot that somebody paid me hundreds for and vice versa. And the challenge was to get from zero artists to 100 artists before the money ran out. If I ran out of money before I finished 100 or found 100 artists, it was the end of the challenge and I failed. So that challenge, as I thought of it, scared the hell out of me. I thought, that's ridiculous. (laughs) But something about it, something about it made me think this could be this could be either remarkable or a spectacular disaster. And you know what? Like- what? What really mesmerizes me about about your stories is that you really do 
thrive with a challenge and you know that. So you challenge yourself. I do. And the irony of all of this, and I'd hate everybody to think that I'm some crazy, adventurous, brave guy. It's actually the opposite, really. And I almost do these to become that guy. So with with 100 Musicians, for example, I was always fascinated with what I now actually term the hero story, which I now use in the branded content I produce for entrepreneurs or um, companies, whatever. Like hero story, I was fascinated by the likes of Mark Zuckerberg, who, you know, whenever you think about Mark Zuckerberg, your heart dies, obviously. But first of all, you think about, first of all, you think about that, you know, geeky little student in his dorm tinkering around on his computer trying to, you know, and he's, and, you know, the genesis of 100, sorry, the genesis of Facebook was he was rating the attractiveness of women, I've been led to believe. Yeah. The attractiveness of women in his um, college, university, whatever. And then it just quickly grew into the berm off that it is now. But everybody kind of understands the genesis of Facebook and where it started in his dorm. And I was, and it's quite seductive when you have that hero story attached to you. And, you know, most famous, uh, everyone has one, you know, if you think about, Jim Carrey, for example, I don't know if you're familiar with the Jim Carrey story, Susie, of how he, when he was, when he had, he was broke, he was, he had nothing, he was living in his car, and he wrote himself a check for one million pounds. And he said, I'm going to cash that check, because I'm going to become one of the biggest actors in the world. And then the mask came along, and he was, he he was commissioned for one million pounds, maybe, maybe, maybe a a year or so later. Are, Are you familiar with that story? I'm familiar. I I I remember now that you mentioned it. I remember okay. hearing hearing that story because there. You know what? Um, there are we we're in a time period when stories like that are thriving, and I think it has a lot to do with social media, where you see them uh, and hear about them. Different stories. There was one. Uh, well, there's been several about people and stories like that. Like they're they're broke and they set a goal, and that's the driving force of their success. I mean, I've got to add a slight caveat to that is that I, I agree. I actually, however, have a healthy dose of I do have a healthy dose of cynicism with many that I'm hearing now, to yeah. be honest, because yeah. I think I think it's, I think it's almost as though people have realized that they need one now. So they actually just cultivate one out of thin air, regardless of whether it's actually true. Right. So. I, I, I agree. But yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just always fascinated by them. And I just I had something I've always been as I've always I, I guess I was un, unknowingly just really fascinated by stories. So whenever I heard things like Jim Carrey and uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I was just fascinated by the concept of, you know, it's the old adage um, from from small. What is it from small seeds? Acorns grow. Yeah. Um, so, so I wasn't necessarily looking for a hero story. The idea for 100 musicians just landed on me, like all my ideas just come and I'm not expecting them. And I just thought, wow, this could be remarkable. And that's the kind of thing that, that's the kind of thing that just really stands out and, and almost begins something else. So I was just, for a number of reasons, mainly I was bored. I thought, okay, I'm going to go and do this. And it was just the most remarkable six months of my life. It spanned six months. And here was me thinking I'd only be gone for a month max. <laughs> so that was... But you were that inspired. Was... Those stories inspired you, you know, and I think it's it's sort of what's happening with your stories. They inspire people. You inspire me every time I see, you know, one of your videos. Do you know what? I mean, I'm so grateful. Thank you. And I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to put this out there because it's something that I've kind of mentioned very, very quietly whenever somebody reaches out to me on Facebook or whatever. Like my motivation has never been to inspire people. And I, and I, and I, and I don't say that in a in a callous way it's it's more my, my motivator has always been 
I suppose from I suppose like when I used to work in radio, I've just always tried to figure out ways to just create engaging entertainment content. Like I lead with engaging and entertainment first. Inspiration very rarely factors into it for me. Um, because for the and in in the interest of full disclosure, I sometimes struggle to even inspire myself. <laughs> so, so, sometimes I don't even sometimes I just don't even want to get up. Like <laughs> it's just it, depending well, on the day. Well, well, you are a human. You're a human being. You don't look it's uh I had to get up at four this yeah. morning, you know. I mean those things, but you know what? Um, I wasn't going to cancel it because I was tired and I didn't sleep enough or any of that, but at all, it's, uh, there's something about passion, right. Uh, that has a lot to do with this. Sure. I mean, with regards to what you're saying, if it wasn't for the allure of croissants, I very rarely would get up to be honest, but anyway, (laughs) that's the side point, but no. And again, listen, I mean, I mean, if, talking about like my latest my latest project my latest short film like some of the feedback that's come from that from people from across the world is remarkable and like when somebody says when somebody tells me that anything I've done in the past or one of my stories has inspired them I, it makes me very happy I just feel it's essential for me to just make sure that everybody I just feel it's really critical for me to articulate that my biggest motivator is is engaging unique content like that's just what I thrive on so whenever I have an idea I'm never thinking will this inspire people I'm thinking wow will, will this make people think Jesus what what is he doing yeah that is what excites me one yeah. every single time that is what excites me and that's my barometer as to whether or not I'll go forward with the project like will it wow people well I think um, I never- think I think inspiration is a consequence of of doing uh, what you're yeah. doing yeah definitely um, I accept that so, uh, so look, I was reading on your website, it says, uh, the definition, because we, I want to talk to, uh, our, I want to get our listeners. Well, before, before I do that really quick, what was the outcome of that, of that, uh, challenge for yourself really quick? 100 musicians very quickly. So yeah, yeah it was six months, it was six months living 90% on, 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 sorry in hostels because obviously i had to keep my i had to keep my spends low so i just slept in hostels for the 90 percent. 10 percent were people i met along the way that loved the challenge connected with it engaged with it and let me sleep on their sofa or gave me a bed for the night whatever the outcome was i completed it um in six months and it was i just remember that last day as i was ready to get back on the coach back to sheffield i was sitting outside a costa coffee um outside victoria coach station thinking wow what have you done that's just remarkable a little bit lighter than I, I was a little bit lighter than when I started obviously um yeah. <laughs> both in terms of weight and energy yeah. um but it, 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 it was just remarkable and that is when that is when everything started for me in terms of the lane that I have now decided to impose on myself with with um unscripted storytelling based on strangers and and what what was the result of that I mean I mean you achieved your goal basically right you're you challenged you met that and did and that that connected you or that brought you or or had you leap forward into 61 hugs no so 100 musicians was 2015 61 hugs was May of this year so there's yeah. almost exactly 3 years separating the two things and there was a series of of continuing series that have been in in between though so there's a series i have on my youtube channel called something about strangers which just documents random things that happen to me as and as and when they happen and as you correctly said i the thing i love about using my mobile is it's just so convenient and like 
because I don't necessarily write ideas, then go out and film them. Ideas come to me, then I just capture them in, in the moment. And that's the beauty of the mobile phone, that you can just grab it out and think, wow, this is crazy. I think I think one, 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 one episode where I was in a bar and some rich people offered me some sponsorship for no reason other than they liked me, that did really, that was that was crazy. And people people still talk about that to this day. And that was filmed on my mobile. I just whipped it out and I just made a story out of it. You know, and that that's the part that I like to emphasize too, which is what helped me, you know, when, when I first launched my film festival, it's that em- the empowering of, of storytelling and then to be able to have, um, I know grammatically I didn't say that right, <laughs> but basically to have a phone in everybody's pockets or in everybody's hands all around the world is what gate what was the driver for me of saying you know what if i created this platform everybody in the world could be a part of it and through storytelling it's not so much about hey you know what lenses can you get what apps can you use i mean of course you know you need that especially if you're making you know the lord of the rings on a phone or something like that right um but the whole point of it is the storytelling part. And that what is what really, that's what inspires me about you because you're taking simple everyday human stories and you're sharing them with people and you're inspiring them through those stories. Uh, we were just talking about your phone and uh, it was, uh, you said it was a Samsung S something, right? And my, it, my, my, my baby S6, Samsung S6. S6. And it's a remarkable phone because one of the things, you know, for our listeners, I'm sure you Google, you know, how can I make a great smartphone video and things like that. And 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 even for myself, I tell people, you know, use a professional microphone if you can use your, you know, your earbuds or something, because the microphone on the phones is pretty bad most of the time, especially if you're in a noisy uh, coffee shop or something like that. But then I look at your video and I'm watching it and I'm listening to it and it sounds great. Um, and that's important when it comes to the story, you know, part of video is sound. Um, and you do a great job with that. So you're basically, you just pull out your your phone out of your pocket and boom, you create a story and it's happening and folding, but you're a natural storyteller. So you drive that story through. The, the, thank you. The The, the best anecdote i can give to you of how little regard i place onto what i'm using to tell a story is this it wasn't until i would say maybe a year ago and this will probably make you laugh it wasn't until maybe a year ago that i actually realized that when i'm making content on my phone i'm very rarely actually giving my lens a quick brush beforehand like so like for example if i started filming something now and i didn't give my lens a quick brush it looked like the, the actual visual would be a, a little bit like hazy because it'd have like fingerprints and thumbprints on it and stuff yeah. like that right yep and i didn't even realize that till a year ago because it just dawned on me I, I can't remember what it was that made me realize but now the only thing i do before i start filming is just give my lens a quick wipe just to take off any fingerprints or thumbprints now the reason i give you that anecdote is that you'd think i'd be quite advanced to actually realize that but i play such low premium on what i'm filming and i just over index on like what i'm filming so when i'm in a situation where something just remarkable is happening like you know the people that offered me an investment for no reason other than they thought i was funny like 
I wasn't in. I wasn't for a second thinking, oh wow. Whenever, whenever, whenever some, whenever I finally finish this video and upload it to YouTube, people are going to be like fascinated by what I filmed it on. I'm not thinking. I'm thinking, Jesus, can you imagine telling a story of strangers offering you fifty thousand pounds? The actual means of which I'm going to tell that story are completely immaterial to me. Um, and that's always been my way. It always has been. I never think about the kit. And what I th what I find fascinating about people that do play such a huge premium on what they're filming on is it seems like they're overestimating people's interest in it. And when I say people's interest, I mean the average consumer of content couldn't give a flying You're right. What you're you right. what you film it on. And I just find it odd that people don't realize that. Yeah. No, you're right because it, so but so you get a bunch of filmmakers together and and they want to know who used what camera and things like that. You know, you're sitting next to a filmmaker watching a film in a movie theater and if they're, you know, if there's not people around, let's just say it's you and them, they're like watching the film and they're like, yeah, I wonder if they used, uh, you know, the lenses and the blah, blah, blah. And they'll start talking technical, you know, on, on that process. But you wouldn't do that if, you know, if you're just watching it with uh, watching a film with a bunch of your friends who are, you know, doctors and dentists and, uh, you know, janitors, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody stays through the credits. As a matter of fact, I've watched a few films in, well, a number of films in the theaters. You have too, right? Where you're sitting there and everybody gets up, a hop and a skip before the titles come on, the end credits, right? And everybody's <laughs> gone. And if you look in the back somewhere, you see somebody sitting there and you're going, huh, that guy must be in the, you know, or that girl, they must be in the industry. Either that or they're just like, waiting for the whole crowd to go and they want to leave alone and not have any contact with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cause nobody cares. Nobody's like, Oh, that was shot on Panavision. Oh, that was remarkable. I got to get me one of those. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, I have a certain amount of sympathy for what I call tech heads and the, the, the scenario you outlined with like a group of with a group of filmmakers gathering together, getting excited over lens gear kit. I mean, I, you know, I, I can probably understand it from that. You know, they want maybe they want to up the game, but I think if they actually think that the actual end consumer is necessarily going to be focused on that, I find that just bewildering. No, um, they, they know. Because they, they know. Just, it's like podcasters. You get podcasters together and it's all about, you know, what gear are you using? What are you doing for software? Blah, blah, blah. You know, what about the timing? What do you use for music? You know, things like that. Uh, but, you know, for us, and we have to be able to step. It's a big world. We have to be able to step outside and say, you know, realistically, though, how much should I worry about this? Right. I mean, the other thing, though, and this, and maybe this is going off on something of a tangent, but I recently did an interview. Um, I was recently did an interview. I was interviewed for my latest short film, 61 Hugs. And, there, and one of the questions was, how long have you wanted to be a filmmaker? And I, <laughs> and I remember thinking, hang on a minute, I don't I don't even <laughs> define myself as a filmmaker. Yeah. And I never have. And like the, the, for, uh, the, re the reason I don't is because I consider myself a writer and a creator first. So what, by, what, whatever, by whatever means. So if I'm creating content for myself, or I'm creating content for a brand or a client, whatever I'm creating. I don't really the, like the actual filmmaking element. I, I'm all about telling the story first and foremost. I saw um, that. And, I, I noticed and for, that. And, 
And for the most part, even you know, for the most part, I would rather somebody else did the filmmaking and actually just did the just did just did the creative. To be fair, um, so yeah, yeah, it's re- it's really interesting. But I yeah, I mean, you know, despite the fact I've inadvertently made this short film, I don't necessarily. I mean, listen, it's semantics. Call it whatever you want. But first and foremost, I do consider myself a creator more than a more than a filmmaker. Because I think filmmaker seems like a bit too much of a narrow box for me to sit myself in. And I, and I dislike being put in boxes at the best of times. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, yeah. And, and you're so right there. Uh, and, and I keep and I know I'm not the only one. There are people out there saying, look, you're not the only one, Susie. You, CK, you're not the only one that's emphasizing the storytelling part. There are more and more people. Uh, storytelling is a big keyword right now when it comes to content. Um, and and there's a reason for that. It's because, like I said, you need to st- sometimes step above and say, look, what is it about that film, right, that makes it unique and special, captivating people and 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 bring out the emotion and and so forth. And that is the story in that film. And we we got to remember that when we're creating content. Um, but no, I I understand what you mean about you're you're not thinking of yourself as a filmmaker. But at the same, on the same token, you are sort of dipping your feet in it by as a consequence of how to share your story in a great way. And video is definitely one of the most captivating forms, right? Well, yes. And to that exact point, Susie, here's a fun little analogy that will, um, sorry, fun little anecdote. When I made 61 Hugs, I sh- the first person I showed it to was a trusted it was a trusted creative friend of mine and 61 hugs was only ever meant to be another chapter in my it was only ever meant to be another standalone ck youtube video it was never meant to be necessarily it was just another ck youtube video right mm. so then i showed it to i showed it to my friend and the very first thing he said to me he said i remember it like it was yesterday I said ck under no circumstances can you share push promote or market this as another CK YouTube video, you've accidentally made a film. And that's the truth of the matter. Like, I wasn't even thinking about making a film. I just had an idea and I went out and filmed it. And then my friend said, mate, like you can't market this as a film. And I said, well, I mean, as a CK YouTube video, it's, you've made a film and market it as such. So everything that's happened since September when it came out, like that, we're now three months since it came out. Yeah. That's because that's what he said made so much sense to me. Um, it, it was and a what story. the reason it's a it's a real story. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's not just a moment that you captured. That's pretty much what he was saying. And he yeah. and he just said he said there's just there's certain elements of it that just elevate it over everything you've done before, like namely the end, um, and just the way you've told it. It was it just feels like something you've never done before. And it just feels like a separate entity in itself, and it just needs to be shared in that in that way. Um, so that that for me was a pivotal moment because had he not said that, that would just be another YouTube video, and that kind of influenced everything that came after it. And I don't I don't feel like I'm re- I don't feel like I'm revealing any secrets I should keep to myself here because if this inspires anybody else to do likewise, then good. But that's the exact reason that I set that I built the whole website for it because I wanted it to have its own ecosystem, if you like. I wanted it I, I, like I did. For example, just to give you context. When I was thinking about releasing it, I didn't want to send people to YouTube because I knew psychologically that put them in a YouTube mode, like they were watching a YouTube video, which comes with all its own baggage, right? Right. So I thought, so I thought, okay, so if I have its own website and I send them to it and it's clearly a film, that puts them into film mode, which comes with its own baggage as well. 
does does that make sense? So well, I kind of yeah, thought, but this, but at the same time, it's so connected to all the other videos that you have on YouTube that um, that basically it's also a great way to promote all the other stuff that you do, all the other videos as well. That's a beautiful observation, and thank you for making it. And that is exactly why there's a page on the on the film website 61hugs.com that's why there's a page on there called what's it called history right there's a page on there called history yeah which outlines why 61 hugs is a thing that exists and where it came from and that's referencing everything that came before it and you're absolutely right and thank you for thank you for noticing that that without everything that without 100 musicians for example or without the ongoing series on youtube 61 hugs would never be a thing and the reason i say that is because Although when the idea for it came to me, I was terrified and I thought, this is, you can't go up to people in the street and ask them for a hug. You just can't do that. <laughs> so although every, although every fiber in my body was saying this can't possibly be a thing, I had um, I had a, what's what I'm looking for? Okay, I had a precedent, right? I had a precedent of every time I'd done something similar, it was a, it was a beautiful success. So I knew that, and I knew I felt exactly the same way before each one of those things as well. I knew that every fiber in my body was saying, you can't do this, it's ridiculous. And I've got to realize that that's just our natural instinct to keep us safe, but it doesn't mean it's right. Right, right. I hear you. Well, now, this yeah. is a great segue because we were just talking about your website uh, into what I was going <clears> to <throat> read earlier. So um, I want to talk about 61 Hugs. Um and I want to share with our listeners a little bit here what it says on the website, at least the first part of it. It says, uh, crippled by a lifetime of overthinking, CK is a typical artist, forever worried about rejection, people's perceptions, and how things look. One day, he is challenged, he meaning you, is challenged to leave his house, walk the busy streets, and ask 61 strangers for a hug. Keep going with this, CK. Share with our listeners what happened. Um, do you expect me to recite the rest of the synopsis? No, I what can't, I want you know. them to tell you, you to tell them is because now you're talking about how it terrified you, and but why this challenge was important to you. I mean, the, the yeah, it was. I suppose in terms of to answer your question directly, why was it important? It was almost because I wanted to test my theory, and my theory is that the little voice in our head that's always telling us BS is very rarely right. And I realized that through a few things that I've done beforehand. And when the way 61 hugs plays out is exactly what happened. So that final scene, when it's, you know, when, when it's sharing where the, where the inspiration came from, that's exactly what happened. And, you know, what I, I, I was sat there and then, and then, and then the idea was given to me to go out and, Ask 61 Strangers for a hug. I mean, you and I don't need to reveal who where that idea no, came from. No, because that's part of the suspense of the story of your film. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, you know, the second the idea... Someone recently asked, someone recently asked me, how, what was the space of time between you being given that challenge and, and you deciding you were going to do it? Um, and the truthful answer is, like, probably a matter of seconds because I knew immediately that there, there was potential for something remarkable to happen. I just knew it. But that aside, that's not to say that I wasn't terrified because I, I mean, who, I mean, who, who wouldn't have some trepidation about asking 61 strangers on the street for a hug? Um, if, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who wouldn't have any trepidation and, and I wish to meet them. <laughs> well, to you're meet talking them. to one right now. <laughs> you, you wouldn't have any, you wouldn't have any trepidation, no. Susie. No, I wouldn't. And, but I'm, I'm 
we're not all the same. So I actually was reading about this the other day about people who hug people. I'm a hugger, right? I hug everybody. And there I are don't... people, but <laughs> I know this, this, I, I've come across people who are definitely not huggers and it's not that they're giving you a weak hug. It's just that they're uncomfortable with it. So I've been reading on that. It's like when I hug people, I just automatically assume everybody's cool with it. Right. Uh, but yes, I've, but I've gone to strangers on the street before because I unfortunately have this thing where if anybody's within my radius, I must acknowledge them and connect with them verbally or something. Right. <laughs> and I talk to everybody. Um, and I've said, you know, they, they'll share a very sad story or something. And I'll say, would you like a hug or would you mind if I hug you, you know, out of respect for that? But yes, most people know they're not going to just go around on the street and say, hey, can I hug you? And the way that you did it, of course, is to, you, you're like selling hugs almost. You know, it's like, hey, would you like to buy a you know newspaper, you know, type thing? Would you like to get a can I get a hug from you? Because I got this challenge and that's very much not easy. Just like selling to strangers is not easy. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I mean, one of one of the favorite things that's happened since the film came out is the um, perspective that people take. And it's it's unanimously been embraced with such warmth, which is a beautiful thing. Like when you create something that is just universally received with such warmth, it's just a very rare thing. I think like pretty much most artists probably get one bite of the cherry <laughs> in their lifetime <laughs> to create something that's just generally across the board, just received with such warmth. It's a very, it's, it's just, oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, and, and they're like, oh, it's really interesting. I wonder what would have happened if you hadn't, you know, shared with people that it was part of a challenge. But I felt that that was really critical for me because everything I everything I do, it's I'm not like your prankster guy. Like, I'm not the guy that's looking to make pranks or make people feel uncomfortable. Right. And because that's because that's the that's my one thing I refuse to deviate from. I thought, okay, I could I could go up to somebody in the street and say, can I have a hug? But why would I? Like, for me, that's just going to inevitably bring a certain amount of what do you mean that's weird and i just felt you know what i just want everybody to know why i'm doing this why wouldn't i in the interest of full disclosure i've been given this challenge would you be open to hug and i don't and i don't even i don't think by doing that it actually undermines whether or not they're going to hug me because i still think they're they're liberty to say no so i don't think it undermines the jeopardy and the reason i say jeopardy is like when it comes down to the mechanics of creating a story i, I realized like <laughs> anything i do if it doesn't leave me in a position of mild vulnerability then it's probably not going to really resonate with people and when i say mild vulnerability that can be like emotional vulnerability so with 61 hooks for example the vulnerability in that was will he be rejected like will he be emotionally rejected and i knew that there's something quite compelling about that proposition mm-hmm and it, and it's the same as 100 musicians like will he run out of money will he starve to death like will he, <laughs> there, there were so many vulnerable elements to 100 musicians and it's through that that i realized how to add elements to a story that makes it you know that makes it um more fulfilling from a viewer's point of view um so i'm, I'm going into the granular elements of creating content but actually in the back in the back end of when i'm writing an idea there's a lot of granular detail that goes through everything so i hope um well, and, and there's a there's a thing of trust. So, you know, it's like the the quote unquote man on the street stories. Right. Um, yeah. Where, you know, if you're if you're a, a television station and you're going to do a man on the street show. Right. 
you, you have to mm -hmm. be careful about the kind of person you're going to hire to do that because some people just don't have that in them. So they'll approach somebody with the exact same line, would you blah, 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 I got this challenge, I got to give a hug or whatever it could be. And someone's going to turn around and punch them or something, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because they're just like not genuine or whatever. But you have that gift uh, in you where you can approach strangers and talk to them and not everybody has that, you know, um, I've, I have people telling me the same thing as well It's like, well, you can, obviously you can walk up to strangers and they'll start, you know, sharing stories with you. And I'm saying, yeah, nine out of 10 times, but there are always those few that just look at you weird or they, they're having a bad day or, or they just simply just will not engage. And that's a risk. When you're you real. see, the thing, is with, the thing is with you, Susie, is that you routinely make just incredibly sage observations. And you're so, you're, you're so right. And you're, you're, you're like a psychologist. And it's really funny you say it's really funny you say that, because I mentioned earlier on that one of the reasons I wanted to the one of the reasons that I was, let's say, comfortable to go ahead with 61 hugs and not think it was going to be a disaster was based on the precedence before it. that It had always been all right. And and I was very mindful that for reasons I've never really spent too much time trying to analyze, that generally people feel comfortable around me. Yeah. And that's and I don't say that with conceit. I just say that with like 36 years of um, 38 years of just fact. So it's like so it's like because I think I think you have to be self. I think you have to be self-aware to do something like 61 hogs. And there was a huge well, not huge, but there was a certain maybe a couple of minutes of inner dialogue saying, Okay, usually when you go up to someone and you start talking to them, what usually happens? And actually, the interesting thing to that is it's usually the other way around. People often just come out to me from complete left field and start talking to me, <laughs> like you just said with you. Yeah. And I think once I made peace with that, that's when I realized that it probably wasn't going to be a disaster. <laughs> so yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and, and there are some times, you and I both know that, that some people come to you and they're just rambling on about, something and and you're like look i i you know i gotta be somewhere and they just really need that and now now the challenge becomes so am i going to be sympathetic with that i'm am i just gonna i'm just gonna be a jerk now and just walk away from this person so that's a challenge in itself too yeah i mean you may, i mean yeah this is this is i mean this is we're going into territory that i could explore i could, I could talk about that all day long and i think with with the passing of years I've become so much more patient with that kind of human that you've just outlined and when I say patient I was never ever ever rude with them but it's really funny like me and my brother are so similar in, in almost every conceivable way the only difference is always people people always characterize him as the nice brother <laughs> my nice brother my nice brother what I mean is he's, he's just got tight he's just got patience so the, the situation you just outlined then about somebody's kind of you know talking a little bit longer than you'd like because you've got somewhere to be in my in my early 20s I would just kind of say do you know what it's, I, I've really got to run and I'd run <laughs> but my brother would just say oh well listen just give him a bit of time but I'm kind of I'm leaning more towards that guy now because I just have more empathy for it. I don't know if that guy's not spoke for 21 all week I don't know yeah. Um, so, so, so unless it's something like really, really, really life and death, I've got to get to, then I'll, I, I actively find myself. You know what? I'll just give the guy more time than the twenty-year-old CK would have. Stop being a, stop being a dick. I don't know if I can say dick. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's but, no, but you, you do, you do have that point. It's, it's very true. But again, that's the risk. That's something people say. Oh well, everybody will talk to you. Blah blah blah. Sometimes that's inconvenient, but 
part of the, your character is that you're not going to be rude and say, you know, because I've had that happen to me and I feel like I'm going to be rude, but I don't want to be rude. You know what I'm saying? Because for some reason they need that. And why not? We're all, we're all human. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's one thing. So share a little bit of, about what you do, because uh, you don't just, this is not what earns you a living basically, right? You do other mm-hmm. things as well. This is what this is another thing that makes me laugh, and this has been happening a lot recently as well. It's really bizarre. Is that I've been asked, I've been getting asked this question with greater frequency now than ever before. It's bizarre that people feel the need to legitimize what I do, and this isn't happening in huge numbers, by the way. But a common question that I'm getting asked more now, and it makes sense because I suppose you know, me as a creator, I've become more visible. Um, in one way or another, the 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 underpinning question is do you make money through the content you create for yourself yeah and it's almost it's almost like that is the ultimate legitimization of anything we do now as humans i think also because you know what um it it sort of falls in the cat in the it's like an art you know uh creating films and music content and things like that where we're now we're in a place where content is also marketing and is part of a business, you know, storytelling for marketing, storytelling, self-branding, all that stuff comes in together. And, um, and to be able to imagine, you know, that sense that, uh, that someone is being able to just do what they love doing. Cause you love doing this, right? Correct. Yeah. So it's like almost, I guess it's, it's, it's that kind of a question. Like, is this, do you get to do, let me rephrase it. Do you get to do just what you love to do all day, every day? Because if so, um, many people are going to be jealous. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, do you know what? I'm, do you know what though? I I actually don't get precious about it anymore because I actually have the way I've rationalized that question to myself is for example, my creating of content is the equivalent of somebody that plays football three. Like nobody in a million years would say to someone that plays football three days, three evenings a week, or soccer to you. Like nobody would say, "Do you make money from playing from playing soccer three nights a week with your friends?" It just wouldn't be a question you'd ask, would it? Right. Because it's just clearly, it's just clearly their leisure time, their release, their creative release, their fun, whatever. But. But in fairness to creators whose equivalent is creating videos, that in itself is a new thing, like vis-a-vis football or or running or going to the gym or pottery or sewing. Any any hobby, any pastime, creating videos comparable to that is is a new phenomenon. Is that fair to say? You you want to know what the answer I'm looking for is, though? Because I think this would be wonderful, is if you said, you know what, Susie? You know what, world and listeners, I am making, this is how I make my living. I get to do this, and you can too. Fair. I'll, I'll take that. You know? I'll take that. However, 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 I know that the demographic that usually asks me that would run a million miles because for the most, <laughs> because for the most part, <laughs> putting themselves out there in front of a video is just anathema to them. So, no, it won't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to, but to go back to the original question, have you noticed I do go off on tangents? But, yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of the content I create, that feels my heart. And the actual content I create for commercial purposes is mostly, well, actually exclusively content in PR. So that's content in PR either for founders, 
um, entrepreneurs or companies. I mean, I've, the, but the irony is, is that now, and I, su- I suppose I always knew it would happen, is that now the lines are gl- getting blurred. Like very quickly after 61 Hugs was made, I was reached out by a company that wanted me to create some content for them um, and one of their one of their products because they just loved 61 Hugs and they just loved the way it was completely unscripted, but it was it was almost like it was scripted. There's parts of 61 Hugs that you, you couldn't have written. <laughs> it's just weird. Um, then you're going into what i'm saying because that led to that though see so there is i'm just trying to i'm i guess i'm being kind of soft or whatever but to me it's like i really love the idea of a future in this world where all human beings around the earth get to work in their passion and and they can actually do that and not have to worry about doing something else I mean that's the that's the ultimate utopia, surely. Yeah. I think I think I think I think everyone I think every living every living human acknowledges that is utopia, but sadly, not everybody not every living human thinks it's a possible possibility, so they never try. And that's 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 what hurts my heart a little bit. Um, and like people need to bear in mind that I've been in one capacity or another. Like I've been like a I've been creating content since like probably like the last fifteen years when I used to work in radio or whatever. Um, so there's always there's always a part of my there's always a, a huge part of my living being that has to create content in whatever capacity it is. Um, and it's and, you know it's 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 one of those things. It's just a it's just a relentless it's just a relentless pursuit of it, I suppose. Well, and I when the you fruits could, you could also say i'm sorry to interrupt but i I, no. I suppose you could also say that um turning what you have a passion for it you can create a profession with it by uh by doing it and doing it to the point to where you you become experienced enough to become a professional through it maybe yeah, you're. I mean, I mean, what's really interesting about this, and this, you're absolutely right. And I said, like, the main, the two, the two primary pillars of my commercial work are content and PR. And it's so, it's, it's just, it's just so interesting now. Like, I'll walk into a consultation with somebody that needs to communicate their message, their story, their product, whatever. I'll walk into them, and within 20 minutes, I'll say, okay, that's what you're going to do, because I can just see a story in everything, and I, but a story that more critically people care about, and. Um, I, I think that's the difference. Like anybody can tell a story, but it's about telling a story that actually hits part that hits the very essence of our DNA. Yeah. And 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 that's uh, yeah, that that's what I love doing now. So I'm just meeting people with remarkable stories, remarkable products that nobody knows about, and I just know how to leverage their story in a way that's going to get them some visibility. And it's just it's just a joy. Like like gone are the days when I'm only focused on my stories. Now I'm at the point when I'm actually communicating other people's stories. And actually, I didn't actually necessarily think that would be as much of a joy, but it is equally, I love it as much. That's amazing. Rem- that's amazing. That That's kind of like anybody can, you know, there's a black, blank canvas and you've got paint. Everybody can throw paint and colors at it, but it's the artist, right? that sees and 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 makes something that even though art is subjective of course you know what i'm saying sure yeah yeah absolutely right yeah and you know you were talking about uh you brought up the you know um we're talking about uh starving artists and and how they you know like actors right the the saying of uh if you're if you know, the starving actors who go to LA to, with the dream, you know, and things like that. 
um, I think that kind of has a connection to what you're saying as well. I think we've, I mean, uh, listen, I can 100% relate to the starving artist. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think it's almost, I don't know. It just seems to me like a natural, uh, God, in fact, I'm not even going to use that term right. So I, there you go. I've just used it right of passage, but I think we've all, we've all, um, we've all traveled through that tunnel. Um, but yeah. Wow. This has suddenly gone very dark. <laughs> well, no, I mean, well, look, so, um, I realize that some of our listeners and a lot of them are, you know, they have a dream and, mm. you know, this podcast really is mostly about mobile filmmaking and storytelling and everything that comes in between. And, um, it, it's, you know, my goal really is with this podcast through all our guests and their stories and everything is to inspire our listeners, you know, to to help them because uh, they're going to get a lot of people, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to speak directly to to the listeners right now. You get a lot of people that will tell you, oh, you want to make movies and what makes you so special? You know, oh, just because it's on a phone or just because, you know, you think your story is great. Well, I, I want I like listeners like you, CK. Uh, I mean, guests like you who can inspire them because um, through your own experiences, you know, so so there are listeners right now who are going through that time you know quite quite honestly they're they're starving right now and they're hanging on you know they're they're still they believe in their dream you know like what would you say to them it would do you know what i'd actually i wouldn't say anything i'd rather show them and what i mean by show them i would rather show that so since i released 61 hugs there's amid the landslide of just remarkable beautiful heartfelt comments and feedback direct messages tweets emails that i've received off the back of that film there's three that just are almost ingrained in my brain and it's just it's quite mind-blowing and i'll i'll briefly it'll take me 60 seconds to cover all three one of them one of them was a student who who was come to study at Sheffield University, but she doesn't live in Sheffield. She's come here to study. And she said that she watched 61 Hugs a week before her course was about to start. And she was super nervous because she suffers from um, anxiety. Mm-hmm. And having watched 61 Hugs, which was filmed in based in Sheffield, featuring Sheffield people, she just felt the whole burden had been lifted and she couldn't wait. She couldn't come to Sheffield quick enough. So, so when someone reaches out to you on Twitter and says that, it's like, Jesus, that film has touched someone. And then... And then there's one woman that lives in Seattle. So this is over your neck of the woods, um, Susie. She lives in Seattle. She I reached know, out I'm to going, me. Saying, I'm thinking as soon as you said that, I'm going, well, look, the United States is huge. <laughs> well, not your neck of the woods. But let's say, let's right. say it's, it's in your. <laughs> it's, it's in, it's our in your. It's in your island. It's in your island. Yeah. Um, yeah, she reached out to me saying she was having like a really bad evening because someone had someone had just made some really offensive comments to her, um, based on kind of stuff you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't just stuff you wouldn't say to another human. Um, and someone in the UK who had seen Sixty One Hugs sent her the film saying, "Just watch this. It's 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 very unlikely to not make you feel better for twenty minutes." Then she reached out to me. She's called Shaw, and we talk all the time now. And she said that film just I just completely forgot why I was upset that day. Oh. And then finally. And then finally, someone that lives in London, 
said she watched the film and this is probably my favorite she just said having watched the film she just felt connected to everyone around her to the point whereby she was on the tube that day she saw a, an old gentleman sat across from her who looked lonely so she just started talking to him and i swear to god susie until you're in a position as a creator where somebody says something like that to you like i was, I'd watched the film i was on the underground i saw a lonely guy who looked lonely anyway and i started talking to him and i and i, and I feel like he, he enjoyed our talk that is just Honestly, you, you, you can't even explain. That's, and, that's the, the inspiration, that the reciprocal part of inspiration. When you inspire someone and, uh, and they inspire you. I'm so glad you said reciprocal there because I think that's key. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, you're, 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 yes. And this comes back to me saying how sage you are. And that's because <laughs> I remember when Laura said when Laura sent me that, I was like, Christ, I need to go and make 61 Hugs Part 2. But, oh. but not not directly 61 Hugs Part 2, but there needs to be something. And that's what that's what galvanises me all the time. It's that, um, yeah, I mean, if inspiration has to be by its very nature reciprocal. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Um, and so, yeah, in, term, in, in terms of the listeners that you feel are on a precipice and not feeling like they, you know, they feel like they want to but can't, they're the only three case studies I would show them rather than tell them anything. Well. I would show them those three. And, and by the way, if you actually go onto the 61hugs.com website, there's a page called Global. And if you scroll down to the bottom, all of the most. I've always wanted 61 Hugs to be about us, not about me. Like I never wanted it to be the CK show. I wanted, I wanted everybody to get stuff from it and feel something. And I wanted to share everybody's thoughts and comments so there's a if you go onto the global page and scroll down like all pretty much every tweet i've received or direct message or whatever is on there you can kind of see them for yourself they're all outlined too that's so cool yeah i'm looking at it right now (laughs) awesome yeah you know um so hey listeners so uh ck was just sort of touching on something here about maybe 61's hugs part two but not necessarily uh ck you're planning on coming to san diego for the international mobile film festival right well i am there's no plan involved it's happening and (laughs) it was and and it was like wow and 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 this comes back to what i was saying earlier on i mean first and foremost it was an absolute joy to have been invited so thank you and i'm 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 eternally grateful and excited so well yeah i'm excited too and uh let's let's make a challenge to each other to find the time to actually do that and um and have uh you and me both we'll go out and we'll we'll do uh not a 61 hugs thing but we'll do something similar to that together we'll see what we can oh, do abs- oh i'm 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 all over that idea absolutely yeah yeah, yeah i totally. want i want a partner in crime <laughs> <laughs> i love that uh, yes off um, challenge accepted you got it all right, now one more thing. I, I really want to do, I want to play, this is going to be fun. So there's a game that, that we play uh, here on the on the show. It's called the 22nd uh, Shoutout Game. And so, you know, while we were talking, uh, I just remember there was a video, one of your videos um, about the guy singing and uh, you bring up a band. <laughs> so... So I'm going to put you on the spot here uh, because I think a lot of us connect through music as well, you know? Um, So how about that in 20 seconds, you name your favorite bands. And I think that'll give people a a good idea of who you are too, or, or their connection with you through music, maybe. 
Uh, so how about that? Would you like to do that? I, I, I would happily. Did you, would you, what, do you want one band or as many as I can name in 20 seconds? As many as you can in 20 seconds, okay? So, oh my God. I know, right? So <laughs> I'm glad I'm, I'm better off in this end than in your end. So, <laughs> so oh, uh, this is, oh God, I'm so happy. You, I'm so happy we're doing this at the end of the one hour podcast because I'm hoping that nobody's, n- nobody that knows me is still listening at this <laughs> oh, point. Oh, stop. I'm because, hoping that they're all listening through for this part specifically. <laughs> because this is going to be the point when my list is peppered with some credibility, but peppered with just absolute, oh my God, CK. You well, you know what I say about my neighbors, if they if they got to listen to uh, and I'm sure they have to sometimes because I play it loud sometimes, <laughs> um, mm. all the different bands that I listen to, they would say, what kind of a person lives in the house? <laughs> 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 it's just all over the place. It's funny. All right. Absolutely. So, OK, let's do this. One. Okay, so you, you're going to time me and I've got five yeah. seconds left then. Yeah, okay. no, no. I'm going to time you and you got 20 seconds from the time I say go. Oh, go. Okay, my number one band right now of all time is the Jezebels. Je- Jezebels, Australian band. UK band, October Drift. I love pop, so I'm going to have to throw in some NSYNC and some Backstreet Boys in there. Just, just for timeless classics. Moona, an American band. Particularly fond of them. Um... Oh, good. Good. That wasn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> well, 20 I seconds just... actually goes by really quick when you're when you're doing a contest like that. I mean, that felt like 10 seconds, if that. That was, that was oh, God. I, 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 you know what? I'm satisfied with that list. I'm satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. Now, familiarize me uh, with the band that you said from the UK. Well, the band from the UK called October Drift. Yeah. And they are a four-piece who make me incredibly happy, but that you know, I've just seen that I've just seen their ascendancy from when they were somewhat unknown to just now touring with some of the biggest acts in the world and they are very much on the ascendancy. Now I'm going to see them this evening, so that's why they were very front of my mind actually. Mm. And Mm. I mean, the video I alluded to earlier on when the rich people offered me 50K sponsorship, I knew that video had the potential to really engage and entertain and move people. So I actively used an October Drift soundtrack to that one. Um, so I don't know if you've seen that video of mine. I think it's called CK Offered 50K in Bar. If anybody's interested, YouTube, CK Offered 50,000 pounds in Bar. Well, now that's, that's something we all wish we could experience, right? <laughs> 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 I know. Um, we, that didn't materialise in the end. We actually did have follow up, follow ups. But anyway, um, yeah. So that's October Drift, and they, yeah, they, I just love them. Oh, that's incredibly awesome. consistent, incredibly hardworking, unbelievably hardworking, and um, I think they've gone through every emotional, every emotional high and low that an emerging, ambitious, hungry band can go to. As in, you know, do we? Do, how close are we? Do we? Go, uh, oh, anyway, yeah. That's I love them. that's pretty cool. That's. Uh, I I watched a film on Netflix, which was mm. about a band that ends up <laughs> in this uh, in this horror scene, and and I don't want to blow it for everybody, but um, uh, it's 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 a horrific movie. It's it's horror. It's complete horror, horror thriller. But it, it is about a band, you know, struggling, you know, to to do gigs. They just end up in in the worst possible gig you could imagine. Um, so 
yes, gang, uh, uh, bands are, are, they go through a lot. They, they work really hard. Talk about passion, right? Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, I've got one more point, which will really speak to why you love doing these podcasts. And I think underpinning everything, Susie, is you want to inspire people that are are, are doubting, right? Yes. Are doubting, are doubting the merit of making content on their mobile. And this speaks right to that. Like the, the band I mentioned as my favorite band of all time was the Jezebels, right? Yep. And they're an Australian, they're an Australian band. And during 100 musicians that challenge I did in 2015 I listened to no music more than them I just love them and and then fast forward maybe two years to 2017 I by complete fluke realized that the lead singer Haley was in um London so I, I I can be quite cheeky sometimes so I just thought well I've got absolutely nothing to lose reaching out to her manager and saying we should be open to a chat because like I just it's my favorite band in the world right why wouldn't I just try my chances yeah. so I reached out to the manager saying would she be open to an interview you know I am a presenter so you know she would she'd be in capable hands um, and he just said I'll, I'll send I'll forward her the email so we forwarded Haley the email she got back to me now saying yeah cool we can meet in this we can meet in this pub have a chat if you want and once again, wow. it's very, very like me. The thought of bringing a crew, bringing a camera crew, didn't even ever enter into my mind. It was it just it wasn't something I thought of. So I filmed it on my phone, like I always film it, and like people from all around the world discovered it. And like in terms of my audience now, like a, there's one guy in particular that found me through that interview on my phone, and he buys all my merch, and he's all he's so supportive of me. And that was just me recording a piece of nonsense on my phone. <laughs> just, just, it just wasn't it wasn't even an option for me to not use my phone, and even think about anything else so i just think i just think the, the the possibilities that can happen when you've got your own film crew in your pocket just never underestimate it it's true and it's just too easy not to do it right yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and I, 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 again just just lead with story first and don't worry about the tech because if that interview wasn't fun and we didn't have so, so much so much fun in that interview nobody would have cared but that would have still been the same if it was filmed on a, on, on a on a whatever traditional film camera. You have to you have to focus on the content first and make that consumable. And as long as it's consumable, nobody cares how it's served up to them. Nobody. It's almost in a bit like uh, journalism. You know what I mean? Where um, people think reporting, 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 but they really are. Re- their reports are most of the time they're creating stories. They're sharing stories too. And they've got to find a story in, I mean, they got to fill up, talk about content, right? They've got their news piece, right, on TV, and they've got this time slot, and they got to fill it up with stories that are, and sometimes, I mean, you go to some small town somewhere, there, there's nothing really that wonderful happening or that crucial or, you know, the whole bleed if it leads or whatever, uh, there's nothing like that. And they got to find a story in simple things, right? Yes. So, so sometimes you think that you, you know, like we, we just have moments and we know they unfold right before our eyes sometimes. Mm. And you're going, Mm. wow, what a great story. Unfortunately, a lot of times you don't even think about pulling out your phone and recording it though. But, uh, but for people like you who do, you just don't know where that may lead. Uh, yeah, ex- uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think you've just encapsulated this whole. I think you've just encapsulated this whole chat, and in fact, the whole everything you stand for. You don't know where it might lead. It's just, it's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's true. Huh? 
Well, I mean, Grant, apparently, apparently it's leading, apparently it's leading me to San Diego. Hey, there you go. I mean, well, <laughs> it's led me yeah, to San Diego. and that was also a chance thing that, you know, for our listeners, you know, uh, that happened on Twitter, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I've been, I've been banging that drums forever. I, I, the artists aren't on Twitter. It's just, it's just odd to me. But I, I also um, believe that if it's going to happen, right? And sometimes it, there's like fate that, you know, connects you to different platforms and things like that at just the right time, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so if it's going to happen, it's gonna happen uh, one way or another. But I really think that, you know, platforms like Twitter and, and things like that are just so brief, you know, especially Twitter, because things go down the line so fast. And yeah. Uh, I remember seeing your your tweet now where it was uh, because we've done this back and forth with Twitter now, so I had to go back a little bit. And it was uh, a tweet from you saying, thank you for supporting the mobile filmmaking, whatever. And I saw that and, you know, I, you know, you get that on Twitter where people say, thanks for the follow, blah, 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 you know, all the time. But there was something about yours that made me go, you know what, I'm going to go check this profile, click on their link, click on this. And then I, I saw some sort of a connection. I didn't even see the video yet. Sure. I, I didn't even see the video yet. And then when I saw the video, I was like, oh my God, I got to connect with him and invite him to come to the film festival. This guy has a story that's going to inspire everybody at the film festival. And, um, and so I'm really looking forward to that. As am I, Susie, as am I. Uh, all right. Well, uh, the birds are chirping out here now. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, it's going to be time for dinner soon. <laughs> or I mean, anybody that, know, anybody that knows me knows it's always dinner time. As long as I'm awake, it's right? always dinner time. And that's, uh, I don't know if you're like me, it's like, that's 23 hours a day. <laughs> correct um so no but it's been a lot of fun um i loved the conversation i learned a lot from you today and i and i'm sure our listeners did too so um thank you so much say goodbye to our listeners today it's been a joy friends and i look forward to talking to you more certainly come along come come to san diego come i mean if i'm going and i'm at several thousand miles you have no excuse if you're you're Yeah, let's all hang out. Yeah, and follow CK, uh, well, like I said, Twitter, but there's also, do you have an Instagram? Mm, yeah, it's CK Golding on everything. So that's C-K-G-O-L-D-I-N-G. There you go, guys. So go follow him. And then definitely go to the website, which we mm. we said before. And it's... Um, it's 61hugs.co.uk. 61hugs.com for brevity, but .co.uk will get you there as well. Okay, yeah. yeah. I memorized it because <laughs> I always look at the browser address whenever I click on something. I don't know if anybody else does that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet uh, nobody else does that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, hope everybody has a great rest of your uh, day or evening. And uh, lots of luck to you. Make a movie. Have a great day. Bye.